Hello everyone. My name is Saliha Wazirzada. I'm a filmmaker on a spiritual journey. In these podcasts, I will be talking to people from various industries, backgrounds, and experiences. And together with you, we will dig deeper into their spiritual connection with their own being or with their own soul. We'll be sharing stories of people from various backgrounds by plunging deeper into their soul connection and get them up close and personal so they can feel comfortable to share their inner stories. Furthermore, the idea is to have a soul reconnection space where people can understand the common thread binding all humanity for we are spiritual beings first. Welcome to the 11th episode of Untold Story Told. Today, we have with us Jera. Jera from Jera Young Designs is a small business owner new to the world of entrepreneurship. And today, she absolutely loves what she's doing. She used to be a behavioral specialist and then life took a turn. Now, what she does makes her happy knowing she can bring joy to people through her bracelets, malas and necklaces. The passion she puts into all her pieces brings her joy too. So let's have a listen to what she has to say to us today. Good morning. Good morning, Jera. How are you? I am so well. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I am so grateful that we could jo- that you could join in today and that you're on the podcast. And I've been uh, meaning to have you ever since Adam told me about you. And uh, there's so many wonderful things to discover about you today. Uh, you are a wonderful person that we know. So could you just um, tell us a bit about yourself, Jera? Um, well, my name is Jara McConnell, and I'm from San Diego, and I have two children, 10 and 14, and I am a jewelry designer now. I started out as a behavioral specialist working mm-hmm. with autistic kids, which I love, I love, love, love. <laughs> I've been for a long time with special needs, um, and I just really found a passion for it, and I was really good at it. I was really good at getting mm-hmm. down on... Um, the level of the children and, and not caring what that looked like. I think sometimes we all want a cookie cutter stamp of what it looks like to um, educate and to be a part of mm. someone's life who learns differently. And so for me, I was very good at adapting and um, flowing every day. Every day was um, a new adventure because you wanted them to feed into what you were trying to get them to do. And I feel like sometimes mm. in life, if it's your idea, we're a little bit more excited about it. <laughs> but yeah. if it's not our idea, we'll be about it. Yeah. So, um, so I did that for a long time. I did that for over 20 years. Wow. And I did like zero to three program, which was one of my favorites, um, just because of the platform that you need. And I think mm. sometimes we're so concerned and worried about labels, and yet we're not concerned about the outcome. 
you know, you can diagnose me purple if that's what it took to get me on the other side um, of where I need to be with that platform. And I think we're so scared sometimes for our children um, Mm -hmm. with those labels, but with those labels can come freedom, if that makes sense in any way. Um, So anyway, so I shifted a little bit. I worked in a school. My last setting um, was uh, an an elementary school. And I was um, hurt. And so I lost my side, partial sight in my left eye. And I had many surgeries to correct it. And it didn't work. And life goes on. And that was 18 years ago. And then you fast forward to about three years ago, I lost my sight in my right eye and detached my retinas. And I have surgeries to replace, um, to be able, not replace, but to be able to get my vision back. But it's, it's a moment in your life where it really changes Mm -hmm. um i think how you look at the world a little bit differently because in the blink of an eye it can be gone and we're so concerned and caught up in other things so for me as a person it's really taught me um patience and that's how i got into designing so once i had my surgeries and i was wasn't able to go back to the school Mm -hmm. it was a medical issue and they said it was just too dangerous even though i could be walking and chewing gum and trip and hurt myself or whatever it may be. Um, Mm. but it was just a liability. So I wasn't able to do that with the children anymore. And it's, um, it was interesting as a mom of two, a mortgage, newly divorced. Um, I didn't panic oddly enough. Uh, I, it was one of those things where I feel like if it was something that I had control over, then it would have been a different situation. But when you have no control over something and, um, you give it up to God. And that's, like I said, that's how I started meditating was my friends like, listen, I know you believe in God. And I know that, you know, you have your faith in things, but you also need that inner strength. And I want you to look into what it means to meditate and maybe make your own mala. And I was like, I'm face down. (laughs) How am I going to see this little tiny hole in this bead? Mm. You know, Um, but I did it and I, I worked on it for a couple months and I put my mantra in it you know, um, I envision, I will see all these things that, um, that you repeat to yourself, that mantra that's going to help, you know, boost that inside of you, whatever that looks like. So I did that and I recuperated. My dad had to move in with me again, newly divorced, two small kids. Mm -hmm. I had three jobs and it just, everything stopped. So when moving forward, I found this new love of making malas. And when I started dating my boy, my current boyfriend at the time, we're still together. Um, We've been together almost four years. He said, what do you think about setting up a little table? He does farmer's markets and things like that. And I said, you know what, these pieces really mean a lot to me. I've, I don't think I could sell them. (laughs) You know what I mean? As a model, it was really, really important to me. And it was a tool in my life that really helped me. And I wanted that to bring that joy to other people. Mm. And I think sometimes when we get into business, we lose sight of that. And so being a small business owner and, and being so, so green at everything, it's like you're looking through different lenses, I guess. You know what yeah. I mean? I was so epic to me. And I was, but again, I, I really had that line of where I'm not going to sell those malas. And so I set up a table and, um, but I gave them all away. <laughs> <laughs> but I ran into people that I see now. So yesterday was my first market since all the COVID started. Oh, congratulations. Uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, amazing. yeah, yeah. So amazing. <laughs> and to be in people and to have those people come back to my booth mm. and he's wearing a mala that I gave him two years ago when I first started. And he's just like, you have no idea. Like when you, when 
you touch a person with kindness for mm -hmm. no other reason, just because you're moved to, I think we need more of that and more of those shifts in the world. Yeah. Because when you have stories, like you have untold stories that are told, mm -hmm. I, a perfect example is when I rolled through the market, there was a child that came through and he was 10. And when you have children that have acts of kindness, we have to stop and celebrate those victories of small uh, things that bring us joy. And if we don't, they're going to stop doing that <laughs> because yeah. they're not getting rewarded for it at such a small age and not being encouraged to do so. Mm. There was a boy that came up to my booth and he said, you know, I really like these lava bracelets. And again, he's 10 or 11. And his mom with the baby was over next to Richie's booth who sells vintage gear. And he mm. said, yeah, I really like this lava bracelet. I think it's really cool. And his friend came over, his brother, and he said, he said, yeah, that one's really neat. And then he segued over to the earrings. And he said, but my mom would really, really like these earrings. And he goes, I got like 23 bucks. And I said, well, let's see what we can do. You know, and of course, in the back of my mind, you know, I'm never going to charge him. For <laughs> so he picked up these earrings and he goes, I really think she would love these. And I said, well, they're yours. And it's your special gift to your mom. And I am so touched that you came to my booth to find something special mm. for her. And it's very rare that you, you know what I mean? That's such effortless from a 10 year old child that wasn't told that wasn't mm. not her birthday. It's not, it's just something to make her smile. So pure. Yeah. And, yeah. And um, so they were having a conversation with the booth next door and he said, are you sure? And I said, I would love to give this to you. And so he said, that's great. And he had this big smile. <laughs> and he, runs, he runs over and he, and he says, you know, yeah, let's, you know, I'm ready to roll or whatever. So then Richie comes over to me and um, he says, do you know what happened to that little boy? And I said, I don't, I don't know the story. I said, we just had a really great moment though over here. You know, he was got a bracelet and he got, you know, earrings for his mom. And he said, well, they've had a little bit of bad luck. And he was talking about going to Texas and about how mm. he was sad that he had to leave his place because that's all I know. And I said, you know what? There's going to be somebody in Texas that's going to be so stoked to hear your stories of surfing in San Diego and you're going to bring them joy and it could bring them an adventure of their lifetime. So you never know in life what we yeah. are given, but it's how you transition in those moments. And so Richie said that on a sad note that I'm sorry, I'm going to get upset, but his dad had committed suicide um, a couple weeks earlier and mm. have that moment with him to bring him that small joy. And I didn't oh. know that was really, really a touching thing. Mm. So you never know who's going to come around the corner, or who you're going to meet. So I always tell people to stand with pride and to stand with joy in your heart when you meet somebody because you just yes. don't know how you're going to affect them, you know? Yes. So, so doing this job has, it's not a job, you know, it's so different. And same with like the kids. It wasn't that if I didn't bring what I brought mm. to, the, to the table, it would be a different experience. So I've learned a lot for me personally. I, you know, have been able to hold on to my house, keep my kids, keep everything the same except for going through this journey and what that looks like. So for me now, I design full time mm. and I markets, but getting in front of people in the community is, you know, the best thing for me. And it's just been difficult during this time, but I really am striving and trying to bring joy and infuse my pieces with mm what, what they, the, my clients need, I guess. So that's a little bit about me. That's beautiful.
It's such a lovely story and everything is like so interesting, like how everything happened and how you yes. transformed so many times, like you never gave up. That's what I'm sensing. Like, it's really hard uh, to just keep on believing when everything is so upset around you. Definitely. Uh, so figuratively dark. I think that's where I was at. So a lot mm -hmm. of people are like, well, you're face down and, and I'm a very prideful person. I have a lot of, um, mm -hmm. it's not that I'm overconfident, but you know what I mean? I'm not, I, I don't marinate in this. And so for me to hold your head down, I had to show people the top of my head because I had to, gravity mm -hmm. had to pull mm -hmm. to heal the retina. And so for the longest time I was in bed, you mm -hmm. know, for weeks with face down and I couldn't be up walking around. But when I was up walking around, I had to still hold my head down because that was yeah. the healing process. I couldn't lean my head way back. I couldn't lay on my stomach. I mean, my back. Yeah. So the healing process was a little daunting that way, yeah. but it's one of those things when you walk with pride and you show people that and that confidence that you have and that little yeah. inside drive that you have and you show people that people mm -hmm. connect with that and they uh, um, are attracted to that. And I feel yeah. sometimes when people come across my booth, I have a lot of broken people that are searching for something and they just want to be heard or to hold on to something that is mm. their own. And mm. I feel like when you have a mantra or a mala and you wear it, those, those intensify that mantra as you wear it and as what you put into mm. it. So it's your control of it yeah. and only you can decide mm. uh, um, what affects you, I think. And those hold the, those beads hold that for you. And even though it's yeah. just a symbol and it's not trying to sell results, yeah. it's just something that you can kind of, um, what, what would you call it? Like check back in with like, yeah, I'm still, you know, these are still yeah. my intentions. And as you wear them, yeah. it just reminds you of those. Yes. Yes. And it is all very intention based. And that's why it has to come from a very like, you know, deep heart space where you uh, care about people. And that's why you do this. And that's reflective in everything you did in life. Like even before you started doing bracelets with all the school, yes. and, you know, working yeah. with autistic children, whatever you're doing, it's all like, I care for people and I want to be there for them. No matter how broken I get, I need to be there, put my head up and be there for them. For sure. And that's, that's so true. And I think like you never know what somebody is going through when they walk around your corner, even though, and, and I tell this to women, even though like, you know, I've got my makeup on, my hair's done, or I'm feeling good or whatever it is, you never know what it took for that woman or that child to become present in front of you, you know, mm -hmm. really be present. So people work really hard to do that. And I think it's such a fragile state. And so you never know what a hello, a smile, you can yeah. sit next to me, here's my seat. And that's why it's so important for me. Like when a child holds a door or goes and buys his mom a gift with his own money, yeah. all his birthday money that he saved or Christmas money, yeah. it's so important to, um, what do you call it? Nurture those moments. And mm -hmm. I feel like when they come across or when something like that comes across my booth, it's your, your, your passion or your mm. drive to show that person that, so that I'm really into that. And I've given so many pieces <laughs> away with no many, with, um, not even waving that flag of like, check me out. I'm giving stuff away. I think you catch people in those moments, especially children. So I make what, what I call my littles. And mm -hmm. so those are bracelets for any size, like little babies all the way up to, you know, really, uh, big. Mm. And I find that people come to my booth and they'll try something on and they'll just say, Oh, I'm fat. Um, it doesn't fit. Aww. And I, I was like, hold up. I was like, I'm going to make you a custom one right here. I have all kinds of sizes. 
from mm-hmm. itty, itty bitty to very, very big. And I do not want you to come to my booth having a bracelet decide whether you think you're fat or not, or whether that's whether you're worthy. Yeah. It's so crazy to me, but people, they, they put value in that. And I want to devalue that. So that's where I'm at. And when I catch little kids being good, or when I see them, when their parents are having that moment and they're mm-hmm. trying to get to the market. And, and sometimes we forget the process and you know, you have children and I just don't want to get through things in life. Like let's mm-hmm. reset, restart. You can't just go through life. Like I just, God, we can't wait for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened to today and this morning with my lovely coffee on my porch or watching a sunrise or a sunset or you have to take those moments in because if not, you don't know if you're going to have them mm-hmm. <laughs> or you can see them the next day. So that it's really important to me, I guess, yeah. when I when I see people and and knowing that I can just bring that small sense of joy to them. And I truly miss that with the kids. And so when I see them at the market <laughs> and I see parents rushing or they have their hands full and I see a child pick up something or say excuse me to somebody or say, Can I pet somebody? Yeah. I, I'm all about that and, and fostering that on a side note away from the parents a little bit because it's so much different when somebody else addresses your child versus when you address your child. Yes. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Yeah. When it comes from somebody else, it really gives them pride and a sense of like, wow, yeah, check that out. She's me, you know? Yeah. Like a teacher or somebody in like in the, in the shopping center, they'll be like, yeah, you know, uh, this person likes me, but if the mommy keeps saying something, it's not going to affect them that much. Totally, totally. And like, I'm cool here. I'm having my moment, mom, like back up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But they know they got mommy forever. So they're always going to be like, yeah, you're your mom. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it was, it was fascinating too. The, The kid texted me. And he goes, wow. He goes, your kind heartedness. He goes, I really appreciate it. And you got to remember this kid's 10 or, you know what I mean? And he goes, I just wanted to follow up the kind heartedness that you gave to that kid. He goes, I really, it really put a smile on my face. And I really think it's going to bring a lot of love to my mom. And I, that's, yeah. you have, and he could sense that she is obviously heavy with what she's going through, you know, yeah. and, um, and you don't want to give a, kids adult things to worry about, but sometimes that's, life and the the facts are that life sometimes isn't very fun or can have those dark moments but it's how you navigate through those and I when I tell my story and I'm at the market I get a lot of ahs oh I'm so sorry that but that's I understand people do it but that's (laughs) not that's not why I tell the story I tell the story for perspective and for people Mm -hmm. to really understand you may have it all together and you may walk out the door and it be taken from you so don't take for granted the things that you can or can't see. I feel children, what we're going through right now, my daughter is 10 and she's like, I don't understand why I can't say that everybody matters. And I try mm-hmm. to explain to her, we, you don't want to get into the semantics of things. You have to know how you feel and how you treat people and, mm-hmm. and, and what you do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How you affect people. And that's the change that you can and be strong and steadfast in what you do as a person. Mm-hmm. You can't control anybody else no. around you. You know, you can only possibly bring them joy out of the joy that you have in your heart. Okay. Uh, so such valuable words to uh, say to a 10 year old, because many parents or people generally just um, underestimate the power of a 10 year old or 
you know, yeah. a, a younger child. Yes. Um, and they don't talk to them about life and how to be and how your energy matters and how you reflect yourself and how it affects others. It's so important to talk to your child about how at a core level you are powerful, but then how you use your power, navigate it, as you said, is everything. Is everything. And I think it's the, your intention when you walk too. And sometimes you can see people it just oozes out of them. And, you know, it's just so abundant. And then there's others that you see that, wow, like I just want to go give them a hug. And I'm, yeah. and during this, this situation right now, when I give a mala or give something, I have that connection with people. And it was an interesting thing. My, my father was down and he said, wow, he goes, what a, what a thing to give up part of, of yourself. Because when you hug somebody, it's a, it's a connection, obviously. And he goes, you're not concerned about people taking it the wrong way. Are you being in danger? Are you feeling a certain way or con mm. misconstruing um, something mm. inappropriate, like with your clients? And he yeah. wasn't saying it in, he was just saying it more of a father figure because, mm. and, and not to, this is my dad saying this. He's like, yeah. he goes, you're a very pretty woman and you are a confident. So you do have people mm. that are attracted to you in that way. And when you have people at the booth, he said, it doesn't make you nervous. And I said, but my intention behind it doesn't make me nervous. So yeah. that's what, that's where I focus on. And if that is their intention, hmm. then clearly that's on them. And I will, you know, act accordingly, you know, once mm -hmm. I feel that, but mm -hmm. I've never felt, um, um, a dis, uh, what would you call it? Like an inappropriateness or, mm -hmm. a, you know, in that way. But like you say, we have to convey that to our children. I've had people look at Maddie in that angelic way. And, and you think to yourself as a parent, where, do, where does that line go? Because it could be um, a grandfather that just lost their grandchild. It could be a mom mm -hmm. that just lost their daughter that they're looking at you and, or a group of men that, you know, where they can't talk, but they're looking at you and what joy and memories that brought them, but they don't have that anymore. So mm -hmm. I think sometimes we're very quick to jump yes. to conclusion instead of really thinking, mm -hmm. wow, this moment may be bringing him joy and not a creepy way in a way that, wow, yeah. you know, miss seeing my, my, my children or those people around me, or I don't have that anymore. Yeah. I'm estranged. Yeah. So it's important to me to understand perspective and to, to convey that to our children, so especially, important. So especially during this time, yeah. because I do have questions and there's everybody's watching. And when I was going through my situation, newly divorced, three jobs, can't work. And my dad is living with me. All I wanted to do was keep two things the same. My children going to the school, same school and where I live to have that consistency, to have some true North for them to always know that this is going to be okay. But there were times where, you know, mm. my house was in foreclosure. I couldn't pay my mortgage. I was getting unpaid medical leave. Uh, $638 a month wow. is what I was getting. Um, and my mortgage, you know, was $1,000. So for oh me, when you put those things in perspective, and yet you still have those joys that can can yeah. refocus and reset, I think mm -hmm. it's so important to know that my intention is not for my house to be in foreclosure. It was to obviously get back to work, but people mm. don't necessarily connect with that. And mm. so I remember when I was talking to the mortgage people and I said, this is what's going on. And they're like, well, this is due at this time or we're going to foreclose. They, mm -hmm. It's a bottom line. So there are people that I think the haves and haves nots of the world, but then there's also the people that can really flourish in a mm. moment of darkness and that that's almost my most uh epic 
self, what would you call it? Self-discovery moment, even though I was at my lowest, at my Mm. darkest and at my financial destitute, I was, I had everything I needed, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you, you actually have that dark night of the soul and the more you, there's not only one night it comes, the more you're into growth and the more you're like, I can, you know, I need to survive this. But the, the idea is not to push yourself too hard. You just sit down and get in tune with your emotions. Um, And that's not easy, but you know, they say you find your purpose through pain. And yes. it, uh, so uh, those of us like people who pe- like people would generally look at us and say like, oh, you're so positive or yeah, you're so like amazing. <laughs> yes, we are. But it, it takes a lot of hard work to get where we are. There's a whole inner process, but we're grateful for it. We get so grateful about it that everything just renews and regrows and every day is a brand new start, isn't it? Yes, and it's the mindfulness behind it. I think, like you say, we can be in a certain space, but just because we we don't want to marinate it and that makes us a positive thing, you have to have that shift. And when you have two small children looking up at you, there's, yes. no, re- there's, no, there's no room for failure as a mama. There is yeah. just no, they are looking at me and I'm their person. I'm their only person right now. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where it's such a, a, a strong connection and, and you have to understand that you are taking that, that road with them and, and they're mm-hmm. looking to you to show them what it means to walk with purpose and to walk mm-hmm. from, with purpose. And no matter what happens in your life, mm-hmm. there's so many people that have it worse than you. If you look around and I mean, you've got people that are born with no legs, no limbs, mm. uh, no eyes that, have, you know, I mean, all these mm. things that are just uh, spina bifida, mm. uh, cerebral palsy, uh, brain seizures, mm. all these things or had been in a car accident and just take right away. So yeah. you, you just have to know that if, if this is what it looks like, like I told my kids, I'm going to have my last surgery. And she says, listen. We're not going to do surgery anymore. If it doesn't take, we're going to send you for the Center for the Blind. I had my first meeting for the Center for the Blind, and that really solidified like, oh, okay, well, okay, mm-hmm. if this is what it looks like to be blind, let's do it. Yeah. Let's pull up our knickers, and this is what we're going. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because people do it every day. So we wow. can't narrow. That's not going to help us, right? But if I, if I, if I see again, then that's epic. If I don't, this is what I need to do, and let's start it. Because I'm, I want to I wanna get on the other end of this, and I'm ready to fight for yeah. whatever – my life looks like now. I want mm-hmm. to get it back to the way it is minus my eyes, which I'm fine mm-hmm. with. And that's, that was my perspective. And when I had my mala, I remember Dr. Annie Lee, she is a, um, she's from China and I'm a big hugger mm-hmm. and a very, and she personally, you know, had that, that, that wall up, which I'm totally fine with and that, that, <laughs> that boundary, which is fine. But after like surgery, you know, 10, I would have my mala and they would keep it in, you know, I would, I would use my mantra and stuff. And so once the anesthesia went and I was under, they would take, they would let me hold it until I went to sleep and then they would take it and then they'd put it back in my hand, you know, after surgery. And I remember after the last one, and I could, she, oh, sorry, she took off, um, she took off the bandage or whatever. And mm-hmm. I saw like a pinhole of light and she was like, okay, don't get excited. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh my God, you better bring it in. You know what I mean? <laughs> I gave her the biggest bear hug. I was, you know, yeah. I was just so grateful for her hands and her, mm. you know, positivity, even though she was like, you know, this may not happen. This is what it looks like. And, 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 
just to have yourself surrounded with like-minded mm-hmm. people and to have that support mm-hmm. because I know there are people that don't have anybody, you know, mm-hmm. that don't have that person that, Hey, I see you, you know, I see you getting better every day mm-hmm. and I have faith in you or just like neighbors asking, how are you doing or what can I do yes. to help you, you know, and, or just like the kids. I remember I had friends, you know, please just take the kids or drive. Mm-hmm. I think there was something to be said. I love getting in my car and just taking a drive and listening to music. And when you can't do that, or that's yeah. going to be taken away, especially here in Southern California at the beach, it's yeah. uh, it, you have to put that kind of in a box and you, that, yeah. that, that will be later, you know? And, mm. and then when I saw the first sunset clear, you're just like, ah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Now, what are you yeah. saying? It's it's so interesting. Like when uh, any one of us, we go through a place where we don't have something that we just took for granted, like our eyesight or anything like that. It just yes. brings us to a place we start understanding our inner selves, like more and more getting in tune with who we are inside. Like what if we didn't have arms, legs or whatever? Who are we without all of this body? For uh, sure. And it really hits you hard because you're like, I am somebody apart from what I am as a seeing, touching, feeling, you know, in person, I'm also a person who's inside, who's, who's absorbing everything and who's, who's mm-hmm. feeling things too. There's a feeling body inside. Um, and to go through what you went through, I mean, everyone who comes to you uh, for the malas, for the lava bracelets, I think as, as a person who when I first started going to places where I started getting my bracelets and stuff was, I actually felt pulled to such places because I thought they would heal me somehow like mm-hmm. which one of these bracelets would heal me right so at the back of sure. the subconscious mind was like I need healing and what? you are so in tune with your emotions and yourself that you can sense that from far away that yeah you know and, and I think you're yeah. not trying to sell results I think what you want is like when I look down especially like citrine or sunstone or morganite I look at it and it just brings me joy and I think mm. that's the difference like when you're wearing something that it, it has your intention and it has your mantra but it also is bringing you joy when I look at it it makes me happy <laughs> you yes. know just a small piece and that's like same with like taking a nice shower like I remember I couldn't wash my hair I couldn't put my mm-hmm. hair back under the my face under the shower you know <laughs> what I mean and I, it, it was, it was yeah, hard yeah uh, you know, so those kind of moments, just getting a nice hair or blowout or, you know, to shower. Yeah. so those are the kind of things mm. that when they bring you joy. So when I tell people, like I said, I'll never, there's two stories when, when people come to my booth, when you work with a lot of crystals, I didn't realize this. And somebody had told me, you open yourself up to the healing properties or the emotions of certain things. And so there was a time when I first started where I was inundated with just a lot of emotions that weren't really mine if that makes sense like I just was really heavy with like other people's yeah uh, when they would tell me their stories and they say it opens you up when you are around a lot of crystals like an empath yeah yeah like an empath like those kind of emotions and so when this girl came to my booth it stuck with me for months and that was the woman that picked up a bracelet and she's like oh I'm too fat it doesn't fit me and I said hold on I said I'm gonna cut up I don't care how many bracelets and I'm gonna make you a bracelet right here and I remember speaking to her and she had her head down no eye contact was very withdrawn wouldn't come up to the booth and everybody else around her was different and I, and I thought to myself, I want her, I want, I, I want to connect with her, nobody else around. And so I remember her sister saying, you know, these are the things that she wants. And I said, listen, we're going to put a mantra right here. And I made it, I tied it on her and she hasn't taken it off since. And then I spoke to her sister. I said, listen, I want to gift her a mala and I want to infuse such confidence and such 
things that she's just oozing out of things and what she needs. And so we mm-hmm. had a moment where we talked about things and she was so moved by that moment, but I never forgot her in those, you know, and this has been two years now, yeah. but she moves you to be that person to see those people in the corner, to see them in those small spaces and to notice them, especially children mm-hmm. and, and your world. And I think just that small token, like you say, of a bracelet or walking up to somebody and, and they want that, they crave that. Yes. And it's just, I see you, I hear you. Mm-hmm. I want to hear your story. And I am stoked that you're at my booth right now. And yeah. so, or that hug or that touch, the human touch, you just don't realize, especially going through what we're going through, that you don't realize what they, mm. that, that we crave that. Mm. So I hope that in my corner of the world, that that's what I do. And then when people leave or they, I make that connection, like with that little boy, I mean, mm. and I just didn't know. So you never know, like where the way the world comes together, mm. that he was at my booth and his mom was at Richie's booth and I didn't hear the stories. And so to walk away was such an authentic moment, mm. not knowing anything. I just think was such a, a yeah. sweet, sweet moment that we'll have together that nobody else can take. I love that. And that's why I do what I do. I, w- I would give them all away. And, mm. you know, if I could. That's so interesting. Like you, you have mentioned that you work with kids and you like to work with kids, whether it's autistic kids or just yeah. kids generally, you just get yeah. pulled yeah. to them a lot. I can see. Yes. That. Like just, I, I just love that. And I love that because you give them a look. And when I was a kid, I, I played ball. I played softball and baseball. And that was, I was really good at what I did. And I think having those people that nurture you along the way or that say, wow, keep going. You're, you're really good. Mm-hmm. And even if you're not really good and it brings you joy, just keep doing it. Because people seeing you happy and, and just enjoying yourself, even though you're not as good as everybody else, who mm-hmm. cares? You're digging it, right? You're having, you're in your, you're in your zone and you may get good. You may not get good, but yeah. you're doing it because it brings you joy and you're not letting anybody else dictate why you are doing what you're doing. Mm. I hate that when people squash people, I've been, mm-hmm. um, emotionally deficient at times and you know, and I say that with, with love in my heart, not in a, in a condescending way against myself. I feel like there are times where I'm emotionally deficient because I can't um, regulate sometimes how emotionally I do get, I, things affect me and Mm. I am really sensitive in that way. Mm. And I'm trying to get better about it where I don't allow other people that don't have influence in my life to dictate my emotions. But there are times where I'm affected just like that little boy or I'll, I'll be crying Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, wow, what a moment that just happened. You know Mm. what I mean? Or nobody saw it. Mm. I'm really big into that, I feel, and, and walking with pride when you when you are doing those and in those moments, Yes, especially and, when children are involved. Yeah, and the whole fact that you do go ahead and hug people without any hesitation. And you at the same time, as we were talking today, you when you felt the emotion where you felt really touched by the story, which made you little, cry a little bit, you, mm-hmm. you let yourself cry. Mm-hmm. I really believe we need to be open and like, you know, uncover and unlayer ourselves to this idea of that we can be expressive about a certain emotion that's coming like it's coming like a flow so let let it flow out you know right uh, this whole idea about like if people cry let's feel sorry for them or if people are hugging then maybe they should consider who they're hugging like what does that mean it's so uh, a place where I would never like to envision 
envision myself in. Um, yeah. I, I think it's all about perspective. So if you just connect with thoughts, which give you comfort, which give you peace and tell you where your energy matters. And when you want to give it, you give it and want to keep it to yourself. You have every right to keep it to yourself till you feel you're back in alignment. That's what it matters. That's what matters. Right. I totally agree. And I think sometimes we're, we also demonize people that are um, truthful um, in a perspective of, uh, how, what would you say, kind of sharp, not mm. in a condescending way, but there are people who tell their truth and we don't want to hear it. And so it's hard to hear sometimes. And that's where a partner or a soulmate can, can bring you that perspective. With Richie, he is very honest when it comes to certain things, but it, the tone, because you're not used to hearing it, can come off sharp. Does that make sense? Yeah. But it's it's a very truthful uh, moment. Like you say, it's an authentic thing and that's a true feeling. And I think sometimes if you take away those, whether it's negative or positive, it's a real disservice to people because it's okay to be upset and it's okay for me not to be happy with you right now or disappointed. Yeah. But in no way does that mean that I don't love you or that yeah. I don't think you bring value to my life. And I think with children, mm -hmm. there are times where I get upset or we try to uh, redirect the children. And you're just like, listen, just because I'm upset with you, I can be upset with you, but that doesn't mean I don't love you yes. any less. And just because my children so really want you to understand that I am disappointed that you can do better. I know you better and yes. I want you to strive to do better. Yeah. So when we say those things and I'm guilty of it where I'm like, wow, that was a little harsh. Mm -hmm. But when you sit back and you understand their intent of what they're doing it, I go, it's same with like cussing. You know, I, I watch Gary Vee quite a bit mm -hmm. and I feel the same with children. If you're cussing and you have your intent, it's the way you say it, right? We can be venomous, but if we, you know, are like, you know, cussing or like, hell yeah, whatever it may be, your intent behind it. I think the, yeah. the aggressiveness of it yeah. really sets you apart versus like, you know, mm. saying the F word because the F word can be construed as so many different, you yes. know, yes. Yes. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, yeah. and, and so I think yeah. as long as you understand, like you say, mm. what my intent and my tone is yeah, and you carry that with you. When I was going, I had other surgeries. So for the two years that if I can backtrack, when I had my vision surgery, I ended up having to have an emergency hysterectomy and that didn't go well. And mm -hmm. it, that was an interesting time as well, because you go through life and you think that you're, you're all better. And then all of a sudden you get sick. And I was rushed in twice for two emergency surgeries because it didn't work very well. And I ended up mm -hmm. having to have a, what they call like a C-section because I had my children um, vaginally. But anyway, wow. I, when I had my hysterectomy, it was very difficult because you you are down and you have to count on people. And I think when you think about who you are as a person and who you are surrounding yourself with, it's very important to recognize and take yeah. inventory of who's in your life in those moments, I think, too. And yeah. that's another thing I did when, when you are going through those dark moments. Yeah. Um, because I was so fearful. I think we walk in fear sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like I was afraid that people were going to take my kids away because I couldn't. Yeah. As a mother. Yeah. I yeah. couldn't I take care of them physically. It had nothing to do with me, yeah. you know, loving them. Mm -hmm. So so those are a stressor too as, as a mom. But I, I remember my kids having a sense of pride of like, wow, you know, everything is okay because she is here. And, and we do have these people around mm -hmm. us that have our best interest at heart. But it, mm -hmm. it did make them recognize, wow, how fragile things are, especially with somebody so close. And when you don't have people that, 
Um, like I, when I was a child, I never had anybody pass away, an animal, anybody, until my mom died when I was 21. Wow. So those are differences in life when you have a, a child who experiences death from an early age mm. or tragedy or trauma versus when you go through your life and you have no none of that. Yeah. And then you have to deal with it as an adult. Yeah. It's, uh, it was an interesting time to lose my mom and then to go on and through life and to make sure that my children knew where I was coming from. I think that's one of my fears is that people don't know where I stand Mm. uh, in my life or who Mm. I am about. Mm. Mm. Well, you see, I think the way you've been doing everything, it's, it's, I mean, just being a mother in itself is such a, Uh, you know, it's such a it's a, it's a path where you have to make sure that you know your kids are okay and they're always protected and everything. You know, in the end of the day, you've done right by them, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then over it, the, like on top of it, you had so much else happening, and you still went through it, and you were just you were just being authentic with your kids throughout. Yes, um, yeah. And that's so honest, important. I think yeah. letting them know too, like what's expected, yeah. like well, what's coming down the road. Like, okay, I'm going to have surgery. This may or may not happen. Uh, don't be afraid. I, there was a, a moment when I say, the reason why I mentioned the hysterectomy thing is because I was in my house and I was carted out by ambulance. And I think that that moment where if my children were to see that, yeah. that would have been such a, a moment that was yeah. solidified in their heart, you know, and in their yeah. mind. And so I was so thankful that when it happened, it's kind of a funny story. I, And I felt sick to my stomach and, <clears throat> excuse me, this is after surgery <clears throat> and I was healing and I was fine and felt like I was, you know, getting back in my swerve, you know, and, and again, you know, newly into the dating game and uh, I didn't need any extra hardware. And so when they told, when they tell you like a hysterectomy goes bad, mm-hmm. bad, like you could have a colostomy bag. And when you think like you're newly divorced, oh. two kids and you've got extra hardware, but people do it every day. You know what I mean? Like if that's what that looks like, let's do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but obviously that's not what I wanted. That wasn't my intention. And so when I had, I had come downstairs, I felt sick and I couldn't get to my phone and all, everything was, you know, not to be graphic, but I had body parts that weren't where they should be. And, um, and so I had to call 911 and I didn't want my children. My door was locked, like dead bolted, you know, and I was the only one home. I had to call my friend to come over, you know, because I was on the floor, you know, naked waiting for, you know what I mean? But it's midnight and my kids are coming. And so it was a very, um, what, how would you call it? Very, uh, it was, it was a very hard moment. Let's just say. So the ambulance people come in, I crawl to the door, I'm able to open it. And every attractive firefighter and paramedic in San Diego <laughs> is standing at my door. And, and you remember it. this. <laughs> That's what I remember. And so I've got intern Ryan, you know, it says it on his badge, intern Ryan, you know. Yeah. And they're like, okay, go ahead and assess the patient. You know, I was like, what's going on, Ryan? I was like, help a sister out, you know. Aww. I was like, could I have a towel? And you know what he hands me, lady? He hands me like a washcloth. <laughs> I like, thanks, dude. <laughs> myself and he's like we have to you know obviously take yeah. inventory of going on you know so you covering yourself you know we, we've seen it all and so it's just a moment that mm-hmm. that I was so thankful that at least I I shared but my children didn't have to and I, I see I, we, we we shield our children we do and be, yeah. being a mom and going through what I did I really think that they it established something that they know that I am a very strong person and with or without them or their dad, 
I, you walk with a sense of grace. People yeah, who yeah. do you wrong, you saying things about them is not going to change the situation. So walking with grace, I remember that was one of my mantras. I am grace. I am wellness. Mm-hmm. I am vision. I am love. I am kindness. And when you go through divorce and your other partner, you know their potential and you know their shortcomings and yet you know their potential. That's why you married them and had children yes. with them. So when you go back on that and you say a bunch of negative things, it's ridiculous. Yeah. People make mistakes. People do th- certain things. And it's how you allow them to mm-hmm. affect you and how you dictate them in your life. That's yeah. your control. That's on yeah. you. Yeah. You predict that. Nobody else. Yeah. And so I remember when I made a decision, I can be impartial and balanced in having a relationship with him. But I, I don't need to allow him to dictate my feelings or what I um, allow him to do. And Mm -hmm. that was such an empowering moment for me because I did walk with grace. I did not speak ill about him. I don't need to. That's not my job to, you know what I mean? That all that stuff plays out on its own. And for them Mm -hmm. to know that he's walked away in a sense and doing that Mm -hmm. to them, it's a double-edged sword. What 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 does that accomplish? All it that makes doesn't feel bad. Doesn't ex- accomplish anything. You see, what happens is that like the uh, our mothers and women before us thought uh, thought that it you know sitting down and gossiping about their husbands and things like that is a very good way of venting. But I think that is like it corrupts you because no, it corrupts your way of thinking because you further sol- solidify which some half of which that you assumed about your partner um, exactly and um, and you make it like a a belief and then you share it with others. So it's like you know talking behind somebody's back um, or sharing something that's very personal in your in your own family because the next day you guys might be okay as a couple but then you've done that with your friends and you've already said bad things and made that into a negative aura place right and For sure and you and i think people like you wouldn't be happy with anything that that does not bring them joy in the end of the day so even if it means somebody's been really cruel to you uh, you might take time to understand what it was that caused it, but you wouldn't let it seep into a level where it changed your view about life, that there is love, there is joy, and that you are worthy. For sure. And you and you know his strength. I know his strength. I know his person. I know yeah. he's a good person. And I know that there's outside influences, but I'm not going to allow him to dictate what goes on. And I hope it only behooves me for him to have his stuff together, to be well in his, to have that positivity because it reflects on my children. If he is in a good space, it helps the children and it helps them understand, but it also helps them understand to keep at a distance too. Mm -hmm. And I try to tell people, if you have expectations, whether it's your father, your friends, your girlfriend, whatever it may be, you're going to be disappointed. So you have to set yourself up for success and understand what what it is that you expect, but what control you have over it. Yes. It's so important, especially with people that are so close that do disappoint you on a daily basis. And I know, and, and the relationship that I have with Michael, they're the children's dad. I want him to do well. I, but it's at a distance. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and yet I, and yet I see him crave my um, interaction. And I, and I know that sounds so selfish, but mm-hmm. I'm not at a place where I, I can only limit myself because I have to be protected because I've been disappointed before. But yeah. yet I also want him to know 
that I do want the best for him. I am in his corner. I'm not going to sabotage him. So when you put those Mm -hmm. negative thoughts out into the world, you're Mm -hmm. sabotaging, you're putting it in the universe already, those Mm -hmm. vibes towards him. And when you surround yourself with those women that are newly divorced, let's go out, let's, you know, dress up like trollops. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between dressing up with pride and dressing up to alienate somebody or does that make sense? Yeah. Especially those people who just suddenly just marry another person right after they divorce, like just to, and then put pictures up just to show like, you know, this is my new partner. Like you just had a divorce. Like what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. And, And when you're with those ladies, I think it's so hard because I've distanced a lot of myself from a lot of my friends because we, they're not like-minded and I can still be associates with them, but I'm not going to allow the rhetoric, especially mm-hmm. from what we're going in now. It's, it's like what we're going through and I'll get into a very lightly politically like fascism. So you, the people that are preaching and out and, and protesting, you're upset because you want to be able to have your voice. But when you squash somebody else's voice, that is the entire, and, you know, the whole point of anti, you know what I mean? You have to allow everybody's voice, whether it's negative, positive, something you agree with, something you don't agree with. If yeah. we didn't have that, we wouldn't be in this world. Mm. You know, we have to have that common ground, whether yeah. you agree or you don't agree. Because if you can't listen to somebody else's story, whether whether it resonates with you or not, then then we don't have a platform to speak on. Yeah, and, and I feel like with, with spouses, um, I've noticed that what happens is that if one spouse is telling the other spouse, like their the partner, that yeah. this is who I am, like by, by telling them, like whether it's through anger, ego, whatever way they're telling or loving, they're, they're showing you who they are, whether it's a negative uh, expression or a positive expression. It's how you take it, right? And, exactly. And some things are very clear cut, like this is not like this is not how you behave or with a, right. another human being. So in those moments, the other person is telling you who they are. But if you just say, oh, because I love them, I'm not going to think about their bad points and I'm just going to think about their good points. That's good in a way that you are like making yourself feel like that person has good qualities. But right. that's also not does not go without saying that that person has other qualities, exactly. which be- because they are your partner, they are going to spend their whole life with you. You need to pay some attention to them and see what to do about it rather than just putting it in a bag and throwing it away. Correct. And they're also showing you who you are and that can go negative or positive. So when I, when I take inventory of like how, you know, my ex-partner treated me, I take inventory of how it was and what happened in those moments. And then you can also predict, I think, how they react. And so I'm learning too with, uh, you know, with Richie, my uh, my new partner of four years, that it's an evolving thing where this helps him feel more confident or helps ease anxiety. And what can you do to help facilitate that? Or this is what I feel. I feel anxious. And so I'm finding like when things aren't organized or if I'm scatterbrained, my brain works very differently than his does. Mm-hmm. And so he's very finite, very black and white. And mm-hmm. I am, uh, I live with ADHD. I have a lot of thoughts going through my mind. I mm-hmm. have five different projects on my table, but I know mm-hmm. what they are and where they're at and where I begin and end. Yeah. Yes. Other people don't in my mind. And I feel like that is sometimes very difficult in a relationship to uh, convert over yes. to be able to understand your partner. And, and it's an evolving thing. And I think as long as I know that his intent behind it is love and that's his yeah. way, he's not a negative thing, but that's his finite way. Hmm. It, it helps me understand and not go to a place in my mind because yeah. for the longest 
time, especially with abandonment issues where somebody just walks out the door, yeah. you feel like, and I, and I equate this, like the rug is just going to be taken out from under you. So when you, when people say to mm-hmm. me, like, I'm done, I'm over it, those, it, it's a very scary trigger for me because I just think that it's over. Like mm-hmm. that they're going to be gone out of my life here today and gone tomorrow. And what's fascinating about that is in my mind and in my coping mechanism, I, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say that, but I've rebuilt and I've done certain yeah. things, but there is that fear factor. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. those are things that I'm working on that, mm-hmm. you know, that are triggers and how you can help mm-hmm. your partner. And same with Richie, when the house is unorganized, you feel unorganized. Yes. <laughs> you know? and, yeah. and, and so that's how we, we're trying to, mm take inventory and clean out our house figuratively and emotionally, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. And I find that mm. during this time, not being in front of people um, at the markets, sorry, there's parrots flying over. No, there, I like, love the sound parrots, of that. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, when we go to the market and not having that, we were able to reinvest money into my home mm. and it's just amazing what space. So we redid my outside patio and it's brought me so much joy Mm. because before I just didn't have it. It was just me and the two kids and I had to buckle down and every dime that I had, had to go to bills. Mm. So I wasn't able to reinvest, but it has done wonders for my headspace as well as my physical space to have. It just brings such joy to me. I love how everything is just, you know, joy in the end. You know, that's what it is. We, I, the way I look at it is like, I, uh, I live in the moment. I just look at the day at hand and, you know, the moments, the beautiful moments where you get to hug your children, or as you said, you know, meet people at the markets, you know, there's so many little ways you can make a day magical. Like you don't have to be stuck in a negative energy. If you think that you need some positive energy in your life, there are simple ways it's just going outside picking up a feather from a you know from the roadside or just touching a tree just putting your hand on a tree Mm -hmm. so much oh my god yes (laughs) just anywhere (laughs) and i think too knowing yourself as you get older i'm trying to tell my kids that like knowing who you are as a person and what brings you joy like to, to ask people what brings you joy a lot of people don't know what brings you mindfulness. What, what, mm. what make, so a lot of people don't know. No. And I think sometimes, so for me, it's hard to, to articulate sometimes. And I love those people who are writers and, 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 and bloggers and they can articulate the words that you were feeling. And mm. because there are people that just cannot find the words mm. to articulate what they are feeling or what they need in their life. And I think as we grow as humans, it's such a, an ever evolving thing that mm. little things bring, bring you joy. Like I said, and I, I find that some things that bring you joy, <laughs> other people's joy. Yeah. So, and you your joy life. doesn't have to match up somebody else's. So my daughter, I, like, I love being goofy in the car and like yeah. turning up the music. And I remember it was something that my, I did with my mom. I don't know if you know what the, you know, Dukes of Hazard is, but Bo du- uh, Daisy Duke, she, when she was in the, in the, opening scene of uh, Dukes of Hazard, she's like racing a car and she's like looking back really fast and her hair's all blown, <laughs> windows down, you know, music is going. And so when I was a kid, I remember coming down to Southern California with my mom and it was one of the most fun memories that I have with my mom. Because um, as as people are gone longer, it makes mm. me sad that I, I forget. I don't remember her voice. Mm. I don't remember her laugh i it just makes me sad thinking about it anyway <laughs> we're talking about her in this moment and we're feeling her so there you go yeah, yeah. there you're uh, feeling it <laughs> yes 
and and so for for her when I would drive I would turn up the music really loud and I would drive and she didn't like to drive but I used to just like when I change lanes or whatever I would I would whip my hair around like I was going really fast <laughs> would make laugh and so I remember the other day I was with my daughter and we were doing it and I turned up the music really loud and she's like turning it off and she's like it's too loud people are looking and I'm like that's the best thing. all the windows down music loud not clearing sunglasses on feeling the vibe you know yeah so it's interesting what brings you joy like that's one thing that I just yeah. hop in the bowl to the beach and yeah and really knowing yourself and and like you say it's just priceless to be able to have those moments and yeah. to know that you need it and crave it and to yeah. make it work you bring that to you yeah and uh, you reminded me of that song uh, the bare necessities of life from yeah. the jungle book <laughs> yes, straight yes. away it's just playing in my head as, as you speak um, yeah. I, I've, I've played that for my children a lot. Like I've tried to, you know, um, yeah. hypnotize them into thinking that the bare necessities are important. Yeah, <laughs> such a deep song. I love that it song. Really and music is such a way to 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 connect or disconnect, you know, from from mm-hmm. the world. And and uh, their dad, uh, Matt, Memphis and Maddie's dad, is a classically trained trombone player, mm-hmm. and is just so elegant at music and I wish I cannot wait for him to reestablish himself and get back in it because that's something that did bring him joy but you have to have that physically you know I so hope he still has his trombone and all those Mm. pieces in his life that have Mm. stayed with him that have been his true compass and the children have had now have musical interests like they play the piano and and Mm. keys and and guitar but those are things that can transcend you out of a moment yes possibly dark into something or writing or poetry and I and I wish they would tap into it but they're just not there yet like he plays keys and school and the, the guitar and things like that but that's something that really saved Michael and his um because his life um, and I'll touch on him just a, in a minute, but he, mm. his life was so tragic. He was born addicted to cocaine from his mother and then was taken from his mom at two and his dad was a functioning heroin addict. Mm. So people who have a start in life and where he came from, I think that is the fall mm. where he came from such and yes. he established, you know, 2.5 kids in a house and he was not supposed to make it. I remember when we went to a marriage counselor mm. and, and things were going rocky and he sat down and for somebody, this is what I mean when people come in front of you and what you say really matters to people. Yeah. So the counselor says <clears throat> after somebody opens up their entire heart and he had never told that story to anybody besides me or a couple other people, he says, uh, after he gets done with his testimony, he says, wow, I'm surprised you're not dead or incarcerated. And Whoa. he got up and walked out and never spoke to another person again about it. Wow. Ever. Right. So those are the moments where you're just like, wow. And I, I looked at the counselor and I said, yeah. you should be disbarred. Oh. You have your license taken. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that was a really powerful moment. But I try to tell the children about their dad that mm-hmm. you have to be your mm-hmm. own true leader. And he knows mm-hmm. that he is um, the gifts that he has. And I think sometimes when you forget that and you don't have that true north anymore, it makes it hard to come back from. And so I try to tell the children, always have that, mm. something like that in mm. your arsenal, because mm. that's what you need to pull on when you're mm. in those dark moments. You know what I mean? Mm. That, wow, I know instantly this is going to be- bring me joy. Mm. Or mm. Mm. 
and um, and her cooking and when I'd come in or she would clean and it was just just something to be said about my childhood and those smells when you open the door of fresh baked cookies or brownies or dinner Is that and mother I didn't hear know, and even though liver and onions wasn't my favorite I would always smell that every Thursday <laughs> Is that your grandma or was that your mother I didn't with my grand yeah I was raised by my grandma okay okay yes yeah yeah can you hear me Yes, there was a oh. bit part about your grandma, and then you told me about the how her house was, like where you could smell cookies and stuff. Oh yes, oh yeah, yeah. I missed whether it was a mother or a grandmother. So it was my grandma. Yeah. Okay. So my I, my parents were divorced when I was three. Um, I have an older brother who we're Irish twins. We are um, um, we're thirteen months apart, and then I have a younger brother who's mm. uh, three years younger than me. And we were all raised by my grandmother and my dad. My mom mm. was uh, worked for Pacific Bell, and that was a predominantly male um, uh, job at the time. Yeah. And so when she had children, I just don't think that I want to give up my career. And my parents got divorced, and it was one of those things where my dad loved my mom. And I remember listening to my dad, and he's like, God, he goes, I just loved your mom. She was such a beautiful lady, but I just couldn't live with her anymore. She was an alcoholic. Mm. And um, and it was just such a sad thing because mm. Marley, come, come, come on. Um, sorry, I just had to walk my dog. <laughs> it was such a sad thing to see because he wanted her so bad to be a different person. Yeah. When she became more of an alcoholic, it was really hard to yeah. live with her. And then to not want to mm. um, active mom mm. was really hard for him because he just assumed mm. that when she had children, it would be kind of a cookie cutter thing, you know, yeah. and they had the house, they had the dog and So anyway, my dad was epic and he took all three of us kids and uh, my brother was just born. I mean, he was a month old um, and we lived with my grandma. I mean, we lived in a house and my grandmother moved in and took care of us. And she was the the most phenomenal woman I've ever met. Mm-hmm. She was very religious, but never stepped foot in a church. If that sounds so yeah, crazy, yeah. I remember yeah. I would sit upstairs and she had cancer three times She was supposed to die so many times and so sick. And I remember um, she would be downstairs and I would sit at the top of the stairs and she would go through the entire rosary and she would pray for everybody and never pray for herself ever. Not once. And uh, she was just a phenomenal, phenomenal lady mm. and always wore every piece of jewelry. So I think that's where I get it. <laughs> see, see, it, everything connects. And I could sense, <laughs> I could sense you were connected to your father. And like, I really felt that you had seen what a good man can be like. Like he can yeah, oh, have yeah. all these emotions and still be, you know, caring and all that. So there where, that's where our foundation as women really, uh, you know, grows because we see good dads, we see good men. And And therefore, mm-hmm. we believe that men can be good and we believe in their goodness. You know, there are many yes. women who look like they can get to a level where they get into so much of self-growth, where they start thinking like in this way, where they think that the other gender or like men are, you know, either bad or are they good. Well, if you just look at everyone as a human person, it just changes your whole perspective. We need to get out of this whole gender roles and things like just because you're a woman, just because you're a man, right? It does, but I also think you have to be able to treat people as an individual. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I can't carry over. So it, it's not fair to me to carry over my baggage. Obviously, I want to be, you know, proactive and understand mm. you know, that these are the things that I don't want to allow somebody to treat me or I'm, I'm going to dictate how somebody treats me because I think that's a huge thing. Sometimes uh, you allow um, what people, you know, you allow how people are going to treat you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, Marley, honey, you can't eat bees. Bees. 
Okay, so what I'm going to do with you for Ajara, because yeah. you uh, had such beautiful words to share with us today. They were so soul touching. I am still like, I want to know you even more. Like, yeah, I could sit sure with you. you again. I would love to. And I could just sit with you. Imagine sitting in your grandmother's space, like in yeah. that little cozy, like I can, I can smell it because my tea, grandma's place. Yes, she had a similar sort of a feel like I can feel my grandmother's space in your space. Like it's yeah. that kind of a feeling that I'm feeling this connection with you. And I just want to yeah. like, you know, just sit there and like have no worries, like and just yeah. have a coffee with you and just chat away, like so just fun. laugh and laugh and joy. So just as a gratitude before you go, I, uh, you know, normally I just go on for like 40 minutes and we've yeah. been speaking for 60 minutes and I'm I so know, grateful, wow. so grateful that you could and that we could and that we are. So um, as a gratitude, furthermore, I'm going <laughs> to do a thing for you, which I do in the end of my session, which is called a power thought cards shuffling session. Oh, um, yeah. So they're affirmations and they're from Louise Hay, if you've heard about her. Okay. Yeah, and she's uh she's uh, got all these beautiful cards with beautiful illustrations, and they have these lovely messages, like they are affirmations. Um, and what I do is like I will just shuffle them, and they're double sided, and whatever cards card comes out for you, I'll try to put a bit of intuition in there as much as I can. Okay, perfect. Um, and see if it resonates with you, and um, we can go take it from there. Whether you want to keep it in your heart or you want to think it's joy for you, it's all up to you. I would love that. Yes, okay. yes, yes, please. So I'm just shuffling now as we speak. I won't let you go like that. Like I have to so give fun. you something. Uh, I need to tell you about my grandma's aprons. So she had the best aprons. She always had like the old school, like 1950s oh. apron. Oh my gosh, that one little pocket. Oh my gosh, she'd always have a tissue. And it's funny, she had like long flowy sleeves. And I remember, you know how grandmas have like the long yeah, saggy yeah. arms or whatever. And I'd always see <laughs> their skin. And so now my daughter plays with my back. Yeah. And she's like, I'm only 45. That's like, so funny. I used and to play like, with. She's like, it's so soft. I used to play with my grandfather's, uh, you know, that that skin that gets crumpled up, like the the the, the wrinkly skin right in um on the elbow. Like that. Yes, that's what elbow. they do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, why are you doing And I remember I used to do that with my, my grandma and her, it was so wrinkly and soft, yeah. but I used to sit at her feet and do that. And she's a scratch. <laughs> I can, oh, I loved her. So I think great. my grandfather and your grandmother are having a really good time up there. Yes, they are. And she's, <laughs> I remember she used to go to the firehouse to play bingo and she used to save the chairs. Like I was like, grandma, who's going to come by and sit next to you? And she goes, oh, I'm just that. That's what, so the gummers don't come sit next to me. Uh. So she had like older people, like she didn't want like the cronies come to sit next to her. They gave her bad luck. She said, you know, she had trolls, all of her good luck stuff playing bingo. Oh, she was a funny lady. All of her jewelry lined up, you know. She's making us laugh right now. And oh, I'm like tap, tapping into you and then I'm tapping into her. So I'm like, stick to Jara. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> A message for her. And of course, she focus, is focus. your grandma. Yeah. So it's yeah. going to go traveling to her too. We're all connected, aren't we? Yes. Yes. So, okay. It's come out now. Okay. Well, it says, um, so it's got double sides. So I'm, I'll read one side to you. And I'll also, I'll take a picture of this and send it to you on your oh, Instagram. Perfect. Okay. So the okay. first side, it says, my thoughts are creative. That's so cool. because I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to hold on to my heartbeat because it's trying to, it's just beating a bit faster. Because <laughs> uh, I don't know what I'm going to read, right? So okay, okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> so it says, I say out to every negative thought that comes to my mind, no person, place or thing 
has any power over me for I am the only thinker in my mind. I create my own reality and everyone in it. That's, That's it. Awesome. That's epic. <laughs> it's so great. I've, there's 64 cards. I've never come across this one. Like I've done oh. it a few times with others. Yeah. And I, I've never come, come across this one. Never. That's, awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. I love that. I've been trying to work on being mindful of like being in your space and doing what you can do because there's nothing else I can do. You know, yeah. I can only just control me. Yeah. And I wish you could feel it with your fingers. But what I do yeah. is I try to take a really like a good shot so that you could feel like the texture, even though it's a picture. <laughs> For sure. No, I totally understand. I love texture. You know what you know what it means, like texture Definitely. and stuff. So oh, yes, I yes. won't have to go into that. Oh yes, you know no, I'm I totally relate. Yes. It's mm -hmm. been lovely speaking to you, Jara. Sorry for taking so much of oh, your no, time. No, no, but no, I'm no, not no. sorry. I'm really uh, grateful. Is, so does it have another side? Do you, do you read the other this side? This is it. No, so one side was my thoughts are creative. And that's oh, I see. And like a heading. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. That's like a, okay. that's got, it's got a picture and it says my thoughts are creative. And when you turn over, it's more detailed. I see. That's so, so lovely. That was beautiful. I'm going to instantly so take a picture because I know you want to read it in your own time <laughs> and see how it applies. And I, have, I hope you have a lovely day, Jara. You're a lovely soul. You're a lovely person. And all you deserve is love all around you, within you. And I wish you all of joy and blessings and peace within you're such a beautiful soul inside out you are love there is love all around you and i can feel like you have done so much of work within you and outside you that there are only going to be greater things coming to you like this is the feeling i'm getting from you and they're going to be so much of love and joy that it will, it will come to a point where it will become so easy for you to feel this without having to think about anyone or anything what has to help you do that it will just be yours and you deserve it you deserve it i have been working really hard and i feel like when you feel like you're letting somebody down or not coming to your full potential it's a disappointment and i never want to disappoint somebody and so <laughs> i'm coming place of really trying to work on like it's okay that people are disappointed or upset with you you know what I mean you want to make sure obviously that your intent is mm -hmm. not that way you know what I mean that to walk with great intent but yes. obviously every day you know is a work in progress so I'm so thankful that you recognize that and I so appreciate you <laughs> and it was very lovely talking to you and I so can't wait to get to know you better and yes. hang out yeah. We're definitely going to have more podcasts and this has been a really beautiful one. Like I've done, um, I've only just started and this has been so enlightening, so enlightening. Love you. Take care. Lots Thank of peace you. your way and lots of beautiful energy surround you today as your day goes by. Awesome. Thank you so much. I love Thanks. you. Thanks. Be well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. And if you would like to keep in touch with Jera, you can do so by going on Instagram and typing in J-A-R-A-M-C-C-O-N-N-E-L-L. -L. That's Jera McConnell, one word. And for her website, you can go to Etsy and check out www.jerayoungdesigns.etsy.com.